into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. Welcome back to Geek Elite Radio's coverage of Phoenix Comic Con 2017. Daniel and I are here t- today talk- basically doing a uh, conclusion, a wrap-up. Uh, talk about our second day at the con, and uh, or our third day at the con, and uh, just the con in general, and how much good time that we had. Uh, Daniel, what was your overall feeling for the con? Um, yeah, the line sucked, but once you were past the gates, it actually wasn't bad. Right, yeah. I, you know, the first day, um, or, I, I mean, the first day that I was there, Friday, the, the lines did suck, and it was very disorganized, but I think... It was because of the you know new stipulations and everything kind of being a little hectic and it's understandable, but you know they I think they quickly got themselves together and figured out the best way to tackle the problem, and the rest of the con was very very pleasing to get to get in and out uh, or easy or a lot easier I should say. Yeah, every day um, it seemed like it was getting the transition was getting a lot smoother and smoother. So let's let's go ahead and talk about that. We didn't talk about that in part one of this this uh, coverage, but uh, on Thursday, and that was a day that you were there. You were actually attending the con. Something yeah. something rather terrible and pretty frightening happened, and it could and luckily yeah. it could have been a lot worse. Uh, and you know, no one was actually hurt, but uh, one attendee. Brought in a duffel bag full of weapons. Um, from this, from what I was able to gather, it was a, a shotgun, uh, three handguns, and uh, various of knives. And pepper spray. And and pepper spray, just for you know the ad- added flavor. Uh, <laughs> he apparently had a grudge for Jason David Frank, uh, formerly the. Green Ranger, White Ranger, and the Power Rangers, and UFC fighter, UFC fighter, and actor, and trained martial artist, and he wanted to he he wanted to kill him, uh, from the sounds of it, and due to someone that was on his social media feed who saw him making posts that day of taking pictures of the police officers that were. At the convention, saying that he's going to have to fire, he's going to have to shoot that this guy and shoot this person and and get into a fight with this said person. She called the police and said, "You need to go and pick this guy up." Yeah, and it's crazy too. Um, it was a she's a famous cosplayer. She's uh, from L.A. And so when she saw those posts online, um, that's when she called nine one one, and um, I think it was at a Burbank. Uh, they patch her through to the uh, police department here in Phoenix. Wow. That's incredible. Do you happen to know her name off the top of your head? No, um, but Kotaku actually uh, did say her name. And apparently, like, she's only met the guy once, too. Yeah, I did read that um, where she said that she was introduced to him through a friend, uh, a mutual friend, and they've only met the one time, but he would constantly private message her and, you know, kind of say creepy things or something like that. But, uh, apparently this, you know, this individual 
was able to get into the convention with these weapons. And uh, as a result of that, the Phoenix PD I'm, I made a suggestion to the Phoenix Comic Con or uh, the event planners that all weapons need to be banned, uh, prop or otherwise. And it it was a, a big part of, of the con. I mean, it's it was a big controversy. And it a, it, you can't talk about Phoenix Comic Con 2017 without mentioning this footnote. Um, I know it affected me directly uh, because I had a prop weapon that for my cosplay that I, it was a plastic bat that was supposed to be made up to look like Negan's bat of Lucille, but with uh, turtle shells on it. But I uh, could not bring it in because that was uh, a weapon, a prop weapon that was not allowed to be brought into the, the show anymore and see the event. And just so you know, it looked amazing, by the way. I got to see that thing up close. So much work and detail went into it. It looks awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. As one of the few people that did get to see it up, front, up close. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean... Did it take away from my con experience? No, not at all. I still went and enjoyed panels. I still went and saw lots of great cosplays. And you know what? Some of the greatest things that nerds do, and we would say, as as most movies and TV shows would have you believe that nerds uh, can't handle change, we adapt. We definitely adapt. Nerds and geek, geeks, yeah. geeks adapt in general. And you saw people with... Uh, loaves, loaves of bread, you know, like baguettes as swords and, uh, bananas as guns and, uh, pieces of cardboard that said bang, bang or pew, pew, pew on them. You know, it's just, pew, pew. yeah, uh, there was a picture of uh, a stormtrooper who had a piece of paper on him that said the, the empire took away my guns cause I can't shoot anyways or something like that. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's great. You know, people are still able to have a good time and uh enjoy the the convention for you know what it's supposed to be for for fans to interact with the fandoms that they love obviously the ones that made signs was some something witty they actually had a good sense of humor about it and they understood the circumstances exactly now someone that didn't have a sense of humor about it or adapted too well would be one company that was banned from Phoenix Comic-Con after the new policy changes came down. So what ended up happening is uh, from from the different stories that I've read um, and then the official statement um, was that anybody, any vendor selling weapons, what they had to do is either A, uh, put the weapons in a plastic, B, uh, bubble wrap it. And you know, that's not a hard task to do. Um, what ended up happening is um, the, uh, there's this lightsaber making company that sells every year. Um, can you give me the name? I always forget their name. Ultra Sabers? Yeah. Um, they were not complying with the rules. Um, they also failed to send out their, a representative um, during a meeting that the vendors held with uh, Phoenix Holocaust staff. So basically, they got caught selling uh, their lightsabers without the plastic bags or without being bubble wrapped. And so uh, Phoenix Comic Con um, staff and police officers walked up to the uh, to the booth 
talk to the main person of the of the um, of the booth and told him he had to comply. Um, he got really combat uh, combative with that, so they escorted him off the premises. Um, they kind they told him, you know, you can't come in here. They refunded him the money that he spent on on buying that booth, and they gave him a check on site. What ended up happening is that uh, he ended up making it back onto the floor on a separate occasion, and uh, he started making an uproar and just saying that Phoenix Comic Con never refunded him his money. Wow. Yeah, so they escorted him off the premises again, and that's uh, pretty much it. They had to take down you know, their, their booth, and I don't know what's going to happen if they're allowed to return. You know, if they learned a lesson or what's going to happen next. So, I mean, obviously there was, there were people upset and, uh, you know, obviously uh, confrontations happened, but when you have everybody's safety to consider, I, 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 fa- I have to imagine Phoenix Comic Con was put into a very difficult situation. Yeah. And they had. I to, would say that. I was gonna say, yeah, they they ended up doing the best that they thought they could. Yeah, and I mean, I just gonna say, how hard is it to put, you know, your lightsaber in a plastic bag, or how hard is it to bubble wrap it? You know. I, I mean, yeah, obviously, I, I I wasn't there. I don't know what Ultra Sabers had uh, against this policy change or why they felt this was the, the 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 way they need to protest i mean they they are still making the sale uh what what difference is i mean i guess maybe if they had to buy the actual bubble wrap or the bags that was going to cut into their costs or their or their overhead or whatever you want to however you want to put it but i guess that would just be the the cost of doing business yeah and I mean, it's a shame their their lightsabers are actually pretty cool. And if they're not allowed to return, then, you know, that sucks for them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. But that was, you know, that was the one big mishap for the year. So let's talk about uh, the, the things that we did love at Phoenix Comic Con. I got to see quite a few celebrity panels. Um, I saw Anthony Michael Hall. I saw Michael Rosenbaum. I saw John Berthenol and Eldon Henson. Uh, who did I see Sunday morning? Oh, I saw uh, Al- uh, Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk was awesome. Now, we talked about him in the first podcast because he did the con man uh, panel. And in that one, he was giving away stuff for asking questions that I'm guessing was a lot, was very similar to the stuff that he was giving away in the second po- his second panel, which was a lot of uh, just basically toiletries from his hotel that he signed. So I I think the first person that went up there had got like a, a uh, one of those travel size bottles of shampoo signed by Alan Tudyk. That's right. Some people got uh, um, shower caps. And you know, that kind of thing. And our very own Jason Mendoza, who you heard in the first podcast. Went up and asked a question, and uh, I believe you can see the video of him asking the question on our Facebook page, if you want to go check that out. Uh, 
it basically asked the question and he, he threw my name out there. He said he, he'd asked the question for me and it was my question. Uh, it was, it was to the effect that, uh, which as an actor was harder to do to say all the hurtful, racist, terrible things that he said as Ben Chapman in the movie 42, uh, about, uh, Jackie Robinson or, to say, uh, or to have to perform his death scene in Serenity as as Wash, knowing how hard it would be for his fans and for himself. And he said, you know, it's it, it was two very different things, but he had he did feel very emotional and sick to his stomach having to say all the racist things that he did uh, as Ben Chapman. Yep. And um, for, and for uh, that, Jason got a signed piece of. Alan Tudyk's script for an episode of Dirk Gently, holistic private detective that he's do he is doing that he's on. Yeah, so a couple lucky people got a little bit of the script. How awesome is that? It's very awesome. And uh, I saw one girl bring up her own dinosaur toy for him to sign, which is very fitting. If you watched Firefly, you know that he was washed the pilot, and on his console his uh you know where he flew the ship from he had little dinosaurs on there nice <laughs> which you know I, I don't know if people understood when we we said uh, on the on the previous podcast that he signed he drew a dinosaur on a paper plate that's what that's where that's coming from i uh, gotcha because you ran out of stuff to sign so you got a paper plate and drew a dinosaur on there exactly <laughs> <laughs> Were you about to say you something? Know, I'm sorry. Um, I was just saying, you know, um, from the people on uh, BRA, uh, they're saying that Michael Rosenbaum's probably the best panel out of the week and actually, you know, blew Tudix um, out of the water. So I know you attended both. What do you have to say? You know what? I, <laughs> I have to agree. I mean, that that is what I, I wish every – celebrity panel would be like um when when i go to one like michael rosenbaum's was now trust me if i get an alan tudix panel like that you know like the what he did where he's giving stuff away to each fan that comes and asks a question and he's very personable and very uh you know uh happy and energetic and stuff like that that's awesome it, hell, any any panel i go to is awesome cuz the the celebrity is taking time out of their day to answer the questions that their fans have, whether they're asinine, terrible questions, or insightful, awesome questions. You know, they, they take the time to to say what they feel and uh, how they feel about it. And that's, and that's awesome. I can't, I can't be upset about that. But Mike and Ro Michael Rosenbaum went above and beyond. Now, don't, I went to the panel because I loved Smallville. Okay, I'm not going to – that's not true. I liked Smallville. <laughs> like the first, I I really enjoyed the first like four seasons. The middle seasons kind of really got blah. Like it was like I don't know, I don't know what was wrong with it. But the typical end, CW show. Yes, it was the old CW show. Um, and then the the last few seasons got uh, got better because they were they were steering into the curb of you know. Uh, curve i'm sorry of uh getting closer to the comic books and you know i to me that just made it that much better 
Now, the seasons that he were on, he was on, uh, I think one through six, as Lex Luthor, he definitely was the best part of the show. Lex Luthor was, you know, Michael Rose's mom as Lex Luthor was amazing. And I, that's how I got in. I mean, that's why I went to the show. Now, uh, the other stuff that he's done, Impastor, funny show, only lasted two seasons. Uh, he did a movie called Back in the Day, which uh, was was incredibly funny. He made a movie called Kicking It Old School, which is which is very funny. And then one of my favorite movies, he had a supporting role in, uh, called Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Oh, uh, yeah, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Uh, you know that he did a very great performance in that. It's very small, but it's a great performance. Now, someone in the audience brought up the fact that he made Sorority Boys, and everybody went crazy like he was so surprised by that because no one went and saw it when it was in the theater <laughs> but he says that uh-huh. he he gets more and more uh uh comments about that when he's at conventions like this he's like uh a person will come up to him and be like look i saw it on you know comedy central or wherever one day and i just could not stop laughing it's so funny and he's like yeah that's why we made the movie. It's unfortunate that no one went and saw it when it was in theaters, but I'm glad that people like it now. And 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 I'm not doing justice. Like this is this Michael Rosenbaum uh, panel. Oh, I guess I did talk about it on the last podcast. But he was up. He was he was hugging people. He would stand next to them while they were asking questions at the at the microphone. He was doing impressions. He was he was singing. Like like <laughs> he he sang. Uh, uh, what was it? It was some some song. It was like uh, something about being fresh. Uh, so fresh, fresh, exciting. That one, and literally, it was stuck in my head for the rest of the night. Like I could not get it out of my head. So it was a good, <laughs> it was a good panel, and uh, I, I, I'm, I, I, unfortunate that I. It's it's unfortunate that after you were done with the Gabriel Luna one that I didn't tell you to come over to Michael Rosenbaum to experience it, but I'm pretty sure the room was full. You know, it, and that they gave Gabriel Luna the room that holds 1,500 people, and they gave Michael Rosenbaum the room that holds 544 people. Right. I just find that crazy, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, I can understand it because I want to say what, Smallville was had to have ended – Ooh, I don't know how many. Is it started in two thousand one? So it had to end in two thousand eleven or two thousand twelve. Okay. And Gabriel Luna was literally just on the season finale of Agents of Shield. So right, you know, he's kind of more up to. And it's not like Gabriel Luna's panel wasn't packed, right? It was probably like a quarter full, to be honest. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of empty space, man. Okay, then. Never mind. I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> but, I mean, you can imagine that they probably thought... I mean, I'm. they probably ended up thinking that he, he would have more people in there. Probably. I I think they already had set it up, too, that it was going to get packed because, you know, Ming uh, was supposed to be there as well. That's Obviously, true. she had to cancel two weeks before um, the actual... Uh, show yeah you know what that's true i didn't think about that they probably did account for ming na and gabriel luna to be in there and it was probably going to be much much bigger or a lot more people in there yeah and it's unfortunate that she had to cancel very unfortunate 
But I mean, did it detract from you enjoying that that panel at all? No, I mean, he is one of the most humble people I've ever met. Um, he brought up he brought up a freaking kid up there to do a secret handshake with him, and he says, "If I ever see any of you guys um, on the floor, he's on next time. I'm invited, and you see me walk around the floor. We have to create a secret handshake, and I'll bring you up on stage with me." Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and he saw it doesn't just go for the kids; it also goes for the adults. <laughs> so, did you go to any panels that weren't celebrity panels? This is the first year I actually don't go to any rookie panels. Really? Is or that... non or non celebrity panels? Yeah, I've never heard of them called rookie panels before. <laughs> well, I mean, that's probably me just being a dick, so I do apologize. Oh, but, yeah, this is my. Uh, yeah, this is my first year. I actually don't go to any of the smaller panels. You know, uh, I have to say that I can understand that because the panels, they're the, the celebrities they brought this year were were big names. Like, there's been ones in the past where it's like there's maybe one big name or two big names. But then this one, it seemed like there were so many and so diverse, like so many different genres and different types of people. Like... I mean, obviously, the biggest one had to have been Dick Van Dyke, right? Right. And you even, I mean, you had to pay extra to hey. go to that that panel. Now, I didn't know that going in. I probably would have if I would have researched it. And, and to be honest, I love Dick Van Dyke. I love his movies. I love the old TV show, but I, I wasn't interested in going to his panel, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't look into it. But hearing about the fact that you know people had to pay extra to it and i was like well that makes sense they they sold it out they packed it in so uh if if the the customer base is there might as well do it right right uh and did you hear anything about a really big line too yeah what's up i was gonna say did you hear anything about that panel um his line was also ridiculous to get an autograph or a photo op with that man I, I can only I can only uh, imagine that's the word I was looking for. Uh, also, yeah. oh, uh, so I'm just gonna share one funny story. Um, so Todd Habercorn, um, he voices for anime, and um, it was also on Dragon Ball, um, one of the movies as Jocko. He's a space cop, um, but he said that you know like his his dream was to meet Dick Van Dyke, so he had a photo uh, photo op. And he also had an autograph with uh, with him, but he said, I can't believe that, you know, they're treating him like a king, that he has his own separate green room from everybody else here at the con. <laughs> I mean, I, I okay, I understand from uh, this actor's uh, perspective what, what you said, what, what his name that you said, I, I, I don't remember at the moment. Todd. Todd, okay. Um, but then from my side of it, as being a non-celebrity, I mean, Dick Van Dyke's been in Hollywood and been in the industry for close to 60 years, I want to say. It's, sounds about right. <laughs> I, I have to say, I, I don't, I don't, I don't doubt the fact that he got his own green room and, and special treatment. Yeah, you need a pamper that man. <laughs> uh, 
but that's awesome that he got to i mean did he did he go through do you know if he went through like normal channels like a, a regular fan would have had to do like did he have to go through the website and buy the autograph and photo session or i want to say he probably didn't have to buy it he waited in line with everybody else and he had to be kind of incognito very cool very cool who who else was there voice actor wise um so so it was sean um the voice actor for goku and then uh chris sabat uh which is a voice actor for vegeta and piccolo um they also had vic manana um who does full mid alchemist stuff and other anime but i think that that pretty much was it um and I mean, they had the voice actor that um, that played Snot, uh, or that played Snot in American Dad as well. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Curtis Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, Booger from the Revenge of the Nerds, and yes, uh, Metro, uh, Metatron from Supernatural. Uh, you know, that's I didn't get to see his panel. I wanted to, but I, I don't remember what it is in. As in I think I was doing that at that time, uh, but. Uh, going back to did you go to the panels with the voice actors um so i already so i haven't uh, been up to date with whatever vic has been working on so i felt that a lot of the questions were going to be geared toward his uh his new work so i skipped his panel um and i did end up going to the drown ball panel and to the kevin conroy panel that's right kevin conroy was there and, and some of the other uh, voice actors from the batman the animated series were there I believe the one that right. did Dick Grayson and Poison Ivy, right? Right. And um, he was actually telling us that um, the voice actor for uh, for Dick, he's actually one of the writers for the show, too. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, they couldn't find anybody to actually do the voice, so they asked them to to read for it. And they thought that, you know, his dick was perfect. So they gave him not only a writing position, but also a voice acting position. That's cool, but it must have been like when uh, uh, what's uh, dang it? Why am I not remembering Tim? It must have been when Tim Drake came in as the new Robin because Dick Grayson would have been Nightwing at that time because they, I mean, obviously they use an adult voice, right? Because it does have that flash forward. I um, so yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so did you ask anything at the Dragon Ball Z? Panel? No, the line was the line was too long. I wouldn't have um, I wouldn't have time to actually get down there and ask him anything. But knowing you, you probably had one ready if you had the chance, had the opportunity. Yes, I want to hear it. All right, he even touched a little bit at the panel, um, but um, my question was: so I heard that when you first auditioned for the role uh, for the Dragon Ball show, um, you auditioned for the role of Captain Ginyu. Can we, if you remember what voice you had for Captain Ginyu, can you do it for us? And he actually did that, like, kind of or something? And uh, he touched a little bit on it because they all did their own little uh, introduction before uh, they got into the show. And um, he was, uh, Sean was actually talking about how when he first auditioned for the show, uh, you know, he's like, we didn't have, you know, caller ID we didn't have the internet, so we didn't have smartphones where you can leave voicemails. So he's like, I called every other day to see how my audition was and what they thought about me. And so Chris, 
uh, he gave me the call saying like, hey, uh, you got the role, but didn't tell him what role. He's like, hey, you got the role of Goku. And he's like, oh, man, I got the role of Goku. I really wanted to be Captain Ginyu. And Chris, just, just to fuck with him, was like, it's okay, man. Don't worry about it. You're really going to want the, the role of Goku. It just That's all you need to know. Don't worry about it. One month after you know recording, he's like, oh, by the way, you need to give us a better performance because Goku's the main character of the show. How, how do you not know that Goku is the main character of the show? Because he said that, you know, there wasn't internet, so he couldn't really research the ah, he couldn't research the show. I get it, because it's a Japanese show, and it, they, there was no real presence for it in America yet until they actually started doing the American side of the, voice, the versions of the show, right? Right. Ah, okay, I'm, I'm an idiot, but... Uh, did you, did you, but you ended up enjoying that show or that, not that show, yeah. that panel. Yeah. They all had great chemistry with each other. Um, Todd was trolling the fans just because he could. It was awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, one of the panels that I went to on the last day that was not a celebrity panel was, uh, Marvel then and now, which had Rob Rubenstein, Ron Mars and uh, Jim Shooter, all comic book creators, um, on a panel talking about the early days of Marvel Comics and then comparing it to now uh, at Marvel Comics. And, you know, it was, it was really great to, to hear some of the stories from the early days of Marvel. Uh, Jim Shooter, uh, one of the people that was there, not at the beginning, but fairly early and you know they talked they had a lot of great stories and a lot of uh interesting interesting things to talk about so you know it i i believe i have a snippet of that uh on audio that we will probably i'll be playing on uh wednesday's show so if anybody's interested in hearing that definitely um give that a listen wednesday night on imagine if I think everybody should be interested in that. <laughs> uh, if you read comic books, you definitely should be interested in that. <laughs> uh, what uh, What did you see on the floor this year that it really got got you uh, not interested but happy? A lot. Okay, so a lot of uh, Rick and Morty stuff. Um, you know, cosplays. I'm so sad. That I never saw Mr. Meeseeks. I just saw pictures of Meeseeks, but never ran into one of them. You know, I never saw. I never. I didn't see a, a Mr. Meeseeks this year either. Yeah, not on the floor. But like I said I've seen. I on BRA. There's tons of pictures of Meeseeks. You know what's so amazing is that I went on. I went on the main exhibitor floor. Like I want to say, like maybe half a dozen times. And then I went into the Hall of Heroes um, another half a dozen times, and I still didn't do the whole the whole thing. Like I didn't, I didn't even get through uh, most of the Hall of Heroes. I only went to the area where, you know, they had the the fake sets so that people could take pictures. If they had cosplays, they could take pictures in in front of those sets. Uh, I didn't even All get. Right. I didn't even see. I didn't even get to see if there was that many, um, you know, invited cosplay, you know, famous cosplayers. Okay. And I think I, 
I think I only saw a handful of like invited cosplayers and that's about it. You know, and that was interesting. I, I said the same thing. I only saw maybe, I maybe like four at the most of uh, invited cosplayers, which usually there's a lot uh, for the, for Phoenix comic con. I think this, this year, I, um, I think they just want to get as many vendors as possible. Seems like it. Uh, now I went down artist alley a lot in the main exhibitor floor. Uh, that that's where a lot of the comic book creators were. And, you know, that was pretty great. Now, one of the best artists that we saw on artist alley is Tony Amato. So if you get a chance, you know, Google him, go to his website, check out some of his work. He does incredible, uh, comic book art and, he was able to get them printed up on uh, metal sheets. So if you wanted something, you know, that looked really great and knew that it was going to last for a very long time, you should definitely give those a try. We, we bought a few. Um, I have a little uh, metal card, probably the size of a, a baseball card, that is Bane's mugshot, which is so awesome looking. It is. It looks like a little holographic trading card, but it's really epic. I like it. Yeah, it was such such a great great art. Um, and if I ever get around to uh, making our Geek Elite Radio set for making videos or news segments or whatever, whatever have you, uh, that will be part of the set decoration. Sweet. <laughs> uh. What what else did you uh, enjoy at the con this year? So many great cosplays. What was the best one you saw this year? Oh, it, it I don't know. Honestly, it come down. It comes down to to either that apocalypse that I saw on Friday, or um, oh, I also saw this lady on Friday too. She was kind of like a steampunk Green Lantern. Her costume was awesome steampunk green. oh very cool yeah so she had a green dress she had the emblem on that dress she had a old-timey lantern on her dress as well and she had a really big green lantern ring on very cool uh i think the the one of the best ones that i saw was a, a kid dressed up as Snake Man from Mega Man. Like the costume was pretty, pretty on, pretty dead set. It was, it was, it was really cool. How did I miss that? <laughs> you know, it, it was just pretty. I don't know. It was pretty amazing. That sounds awesome. Um, but I also I had the opportunity to go to the, or at least the first half of the masquerade that they had, they had held um, Saturday night. Now I got to see the youth category and most of the novice category. I didn't get to see the masters category. Now, one of the ones that I saw in the novice category was amazing, like stunning. It was a, uh, uh, Shiera, uh, cosplay or Hawk, woman from justice league or dc comics her whatever have you and she had uh-huh. she had like i, I don't want to say working wings because she couldn't fly but like they were moving functional like wings you know what you understand what i'm saying 
Yeah. You know, like they're in one position and then they spread out into another position, which was it was so cool. Like this, you know, the the look was was right. The the coloring was right. The her helmet was amazing, and it was just I you know I I hadn't seen something so cool before. You know, she uh, is she placed. I don't, you know, I didn't get to stick around. I didn't stick around for the, for the ending for that part. So I don't know if she did or not, but that it was so cool. I couldn't imagine she didn't. I did see a video of that and that's pretty awesome. Uh, a few of the other cool things that I heard happened, uh, cause I didn't see it. You know, we had, we had a few, uh, proposals now, you know, that's seems to be a thing that happens a lot at at uh, comic cons and stuff. You know, nerds get together and they're all emotional and they <laughs> want to show that you know they love each other. So they 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 had the wedding big wedding proposal. Did you see any? Um, no. Um, last year there was uh, a Legend of Zelda, um, a Legend of Zelda wedding at the con, and then um. Two or three years ago, there was a uh, Dothraki uh, wedding as well. A Dothraki wedding. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, so obviously, you know, the guy was uh, cosplaying called Drogo, and then the, you know, the wife to be was uh, cosplaying as uh, Khaleesi. Or as Daenerys. Daenerys. But, you know, she goes off as Khaleesi. Yeah, but, yeah but that's... not until after they get married because it means queen. That's true, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm being that uh, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what it was, and that's pretty cool too. Um, I remember hearing about it and seeing pictures all over that um, Facebook that weekend that it happened. Very cool. Very very cool. Did you make it to the Cobra Arcade area? I did. Um, I wanted to play Battletoads because Battletoads is my is my game to play on arcade, but it was taken. Really? So, I mean, did you get to play anything else? Um, just about everything was occupied at that time. How was that all? Like the one thing that I saw that was really cool, and I didn't play it, but it was there was a uh, a cabinet for Fe- Fix It Felix Jr. And I was like, I did they actually make that into a cabinet game for Wreck It Ralph? So, if you went and saw the movie Wreck-It Ralph, um, they actually had that machine there at the theaters. Really? Yeah. So, I actually got to play it. Oh, see, I, I'm i pretty sure I went and saw it in the theaters. I don't remember if I did or not, actually. But I, I remember, I, I know I've, I've seen it many times since, and I really enjoyed it. So, I don't remember ever seeing a stand-up cabinet. But that's cool that you got to play it. Is it pretty simple? It's it's like Donkey Kong. Yeah, it's it's obviously like Donkey Kong and uh, Burger Time and those kind of games. Uh, yeah. So, do you know how it was set up in uh, the the Cobra Arcade? Like, did you? I I saw the coin slots for tokens, but how did you get tokens? Did you have to actually pay for them? No, it was actually free play. So you just walk up to the machine and start playing. Yep, you just have to hit the start uh, the start button, and there you go. So, do you know if these these stand up games are actually available at Cobra Arcade, their regular location? Yeah, so they have the Star Wars trilogy, which is actually at, at their location. Um, the Punisher Punisher game is also available to play. 
and uh, Battletoads because I play Battletoads every time I show up. <laughs> it's so it's so funny how that game is just popular because of its popularity. Like, <laughs> you know, no one no one knew about this game or played this game when it when it was out, but just because of its obscureness, it's become so so popular. Even when uh, when they teamed up with uh, Double Dragon. Even when they teamed with Double Dragon, I don't. I mean, obviously Double Dragon was a thing back in the day, but I I, I really don't think that uh, uh, it was as big as it is now. Okay, because I mean, I never played that one on the NES, but I do remember playing it on the on the SNES. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I don't I don't think I played either one. <laughs> okay. Uh. So, the end of the con for me was the John Berthenall and Eldon Henson uh, panel. And I'm pretty sure that was the end of the con for you as well. Uh, yes. I enjoyed it. And like I said, I enjoy it just because they came out to talk to people and had a good time. Or, you know, helped me have a good time. But it was on a little bit of the dry side i guess or you know now i don't want to say boring because they got they gave up really good questions or answers and stuff and it was it was cool but like i guess maybe i was just spoiled after michael rosenbaum and alan tudyk but like you know eldon henson <laughs> barely got any questions because i think a lot of more people were interested in john berthenall with it with being the punisher and john was a little distracted by his daughter being in his lap which was so cute and yeah. you know, he, he you can tell that he has a lot of things going through his mind when he's he's thinking of these answers, and it sometimes it interrupts the way that he uh, he gives off answers. It's just like he's just like yeah 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 uh, yeah, and, and it's just like it was great. But uh, I was so happy when someone asked Eldon Henson about Mighty Ducks because I that's really what I wanted to know about, and he said that you know they. It is out there, uh, an uh, ability for another sequel where, uh, you know, the parents come or the kids come back as parents for, you know, Mighty Ducks 4, I guess. Yeah. And uh, it might be in the works. Who knows? Because <laughs> there's already some people on board for it. Oh, well, I mean, I yeah, that's right. He said he said a lot of the actors are already on board for it. And, you know, I, I'd be all for it uh, as a fan. That'd be I think I would love to see what where that uh, story goes. But uh, it would be, you know, it, it's it's a lot from, hey, this is a cool thing to, hey, this is about to come out. Yeah. What did you think or, of that? Or you know, it's a cash grab. Or it's a cash grab, you know, and I can't I can't fault Hollywood for cash grabs. It's, it's a business. They're they're trying to do what they they want. You know, they want to make money, and that's why we get a lot of movies that are uh reboots and sequels to properties that are already doing well you know it's people they're like oh well there's already an audience for it might as well make something more for it we know people are going to come see it right what did you think of that panel what were you going to say i i enjoyed myself um john Bernthal. you know he he's always hilarious no matter what um it just and you know it's just uh, it was a lot of fun but uh, he was ov obviously distracted. He still gave, you know, an answered as best as he could, but you could tell he was distracted with his adorable daughter. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, I thought one of the great responses was was but was from Eldon Henson when uh, uh, it sounded like a fan was trying to ask him, uh, you know, how he felt uh, when when him and Matt basically he's trying to ask how the care how Eldon Henson felt the character would have felt when Matt Murdock and Foggy Nelson are at arms with each other and you know in, in season two when they're not uh their friendship seems to be breaking up and Eldon kind of took it as uh how did he feel about Matt not being his friend anymore the fictional character and Eldon's like you know I got a lot of things going on in my personal life I don't really take my work home with me and it was just a really yeah. funny response but obviously there was a miscommunication whether it be you know he misheard or the fan just couldn't express himself in the proper way and I, I, I really cracked up about it. Yeah. So if Charlie Cox didn't, you know, have to cancel because of, um, you know, the, the film he's working on at the moment, do you think uh, the questions would have been more directed towards him? Or do you think they'd still be uh, directed towards John Bernthal? You know, <laughs> I would say that it would be a pretty good split between, basically between Daredevil and Punisher. Because... There's the thing is that, you know, the Punisher is a very, very fan favorite character. People love the fact that he's this ordinary guy and he's taking justice into his own hands. Uh, but, you know, the Daredevil is the star of the show and and Charlie Cox has made it, you know, a really great part part of the show. So... I would say it would be pretty close, which then just means that Eldon Henson would have would have had even less to do during that panel. <laughs> Man, and I think I expressed it on uh, Sunday when I said I felt like Eldon really didn't have much to do this, uh, you know, this Q and A panel, and I kind of feel feel kind of bad for him. Yeah, I felt kind of bad for him too, but I mean, I imagine he's probably like, hey, that's fine. I'm up here. I, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. If people don't want to ask me the question specifically, I, it's cool with me too. I mean, he seems like a very cool, cool, chill guy. Yeah, he does. Uh, did you have any questions for them that you were going to ask? No, not at this panel. That's why I didn't line up. Um, I feel I, I could have asked him something, but yeah. I I honestly don't have any questions. Was there were there any panels that you went to that you didn't get to ask a question that you wanted to? Uh, Kevin Conroy, that line was huge. Um, the Dragon Ball one, that that line was huge as well. Um, obviously, Daredevil, I didn't have anything to ask. Um, Alan Tudyk, somebody even though. The line was long. Somebody asked a question. I I did want to go ahead and ask him, so I didn't get a chance to do that one either. What question was that? And um, you know, if he preferred voiceover work oh, or yeah, live action right. work, yeah, and to find the pros and cons of each. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did get to say that. You know, someone I think someone asked. Yeah, someone asked that of Michael Rosenbaum too, because he did the voice of Flash in Justice League Unlimited. So. Uh, yeah, you know, he he basically said like, it was funny because he was like, when you're acting, you have to do this this way and then that way, and you kind of only get the one shot to do it, 
but when you're doing voice acting, you walk in, you sit down, you do the, you, you, you say the line and then they'll be like, Hey, can you, uh, say that a different way? You know, he's like, okay, sure. So he, he the example he gave was, Hey soups. So he, he walked in and he said, Hey soups. And then he's like, they're like, can you give us like a couple more ways? He's like, sure. Hey soups. Hey soups. Hey soups. You know, like it was, it was so funny. <laughs> I mean, obviously he's much better than I am, but uh, yeah, that was great. Right. And he, and then obviously Alan Tudyk got to talk talked a little bit about doing hey hey on uh, Moana, Moana and uh, a little bit of King Candy on uh, Wreck It Ralph. So that's all. It, it is pretty great overall. Was there anything yeah. else? Uh, what about Kevin Conroy? You you said you didn't get to ask what the question there. What was going to be your question there? Um, my question for that one was just going to be if you were asked to return as Captain Sunshine on Venture Bros, would he do it? <laughs> See, now I would really love to hear that that answer. So if anybody can get this podcast to Kevin Conroy and he'd love to answer us, that would be amazing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anything else you want to talk about uh, Phoenix Comic Con 2017? So many vendors. So many vendors. Like, obviously, the vendors have to pay to be there, uh, as opposed to celebrities who get paid to be there. But the rate, the way that they can pay the celebrities to be there is for the vendors to pay to be there, and then you know us as attendees get to pay to be there. So it's uh, it's all a circle <laughs> and it's uh it's 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 pretty great so uh, yeah there there is a lot of vendors i mean the phoenix convention center is huge and the fact that they fill up that bottom floor with vendors and all kinds of stuff and then the the top floor with vendors in the hall of heroes that's that's a lot of people exactly did you see anything that caught your eye and the at the vendor hall uh you know i didn't see anything particular that that really caught my eye no action figures this time no action figures this time you know what something did catch my eye that was really cute but i didn't think i'd buy one but they there was a lady there who made uh yarn or made dolls out of yarn uh of different comic book characters and there was one of dr hank mccoy beast one of my favorite characters of all time and it was it was really cute and it it did catch my eye not something that i would buy but it definitely caught my eye so that was Phoenix Comic Con 2017. Geek Elite Radio invaded, and we had a great time. Thank you for inviting us, Phoenix Comic Con, and uh, uh, allowing us to participate in the festivities and you know great panels that you threw. Um, and can't wait till next year. Now, anybody that's l- new to us, this uh, to listening to Geek Elite Radio, because you met us at the con. We have many, several different podcasts on this uh, network. We have Riverdale, which is all about, or I'm sorry, Chocolate Shop, which is all about Riverdale. Uh, That can be found at thechocolateshop.lisbon.com. You can go to, or if you you listen to the, you love the comic book TV shows that uh, are on the CW and Gotham, which is on Fox, and... The Netflix shows and all that stuff. Daniel and myself, we do a talk a podcast about those shows. Uh, it's called Televised Heroics. You can find that at televisedheroics.libsyn.com, which is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. Uh, those those come out on Tuesday nights, the night 
this this one came out. Uh, Wednesday nights is Imagine If, which we do, uh, myself and Chris Franey, you heard on the first podcast, uh, talk about comic books. You know, we we talk about what's out new that week, things that we uh, enjoyed, uh, things we we let we liked we read that week, and then we do a challenge or a one hundred and one. We either do give you a character one hundred and one of someone that's. Uh, being introduced in the movie or TV world at the time, that's uh, pretty big, or you know, people are, might not know because they're they're a little obscure. And uh, our challenges usually involve trying to put take one of the classic iconic stories of DC or Marvel and then put them in the other universe. Uh, so if it's a DC story, we put Marvel characters in there and how it relates and how uh, it the the counterparts who the counterparts would be. And that would be imagineif.lisbon.com. Uh, on Thursdays, Richard, Owen, and myself have a movie podcast that we, or it's I mean, it's mostly movies, but sometimes we talk uh, we talk other things, just you know whatever's interesting us interesting interesting us at the moment. It's the Mitch and Rich Show. Lisbon.com. Fridays we do Geekly Radio features. Uh, would we, if we as Daniel has done a lot of interviews with different uh, different people, and hopefully we're going to be doing more in the future. Uh, we do we do that whenever we have a an interview that we want to post. It's uh, geeklyradio.libsyn.com. And then uh, Saturdays uh, we're keeping free at the moment. Hopefully we'll be getting back into our dragons Dragon Ball super yes okay dragon ball super <laughs> youtube show that's daniel and ron and uh sundays is the geeks watch now we started that sh- that podcast off uh doing talking about game of thrones so once game of thrones comes back on we'll be talking about that but we've also talked about stranger things uh right now we're talking about black mirror and whenever the West World comes back. We'll be talking about that, and that's with myself and John uh, on the Geeks Watch, which is thegeekswatch.libsyn.com. Now, all these podcasts will also be able you'll be able to find on geekleetradio.com, our website. Uh, we are we have lots of great plans for it. We just remodeled it. We're going to be po- posting up more articles, more editorials, more pictures, more of everything, hopefully, and uh, we hope you can join us. Now, if you want to follow us on Twitter, Daniel and I are on there uh, individually. I am at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Daniel is on Twitter as Daniel Von Helvet. Uh, the rest of Geekly Radio is at Geekly at Geekly Radio. Uh, we're on Instagram, Geekly Radio. Uh, you can check out some of the pictures we we posted from uh, uh, the Phoenix Comic Con that we saw that were interesting, and then. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Geek Elite Radio, to be a part of our conversation and the bigger part of our community where, where we talk with everybody that listens and uh, loves to enjoy geek culture. But until next time, this is Geek Elite Radio saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.